and welcome to this Way Deacon podcast on Macbeth. Here I'll take you right through a summary of events in Shakespeare's masterpiece. So, our Scottish play opens up on a stormy battlefield where we meet the three witches in Act 1, Scene 1. They agree to meet up again after the battle between the Scots and the Norwegians is over. Here, just to add a little intrigue, we meet them at the end of their meeting on a battlefield where Macbeth is fighting. Moving on to the next scene where we meet King Duncan. He gets an update about the battle between the Norwegians and his Scots. This scene is set in King Duncan's military camp near his castle in Foray. We learn that Macdonald is a dangerous traitor in battle, but Macbeth kills him. Even though we haven't met Macbeth and Banquo yet, they are presented as formidable warriors. Ross tells the king about the Thane of Cawdor's treachery. He teamed up with King Sweno of Norway, but that Macbeth and Banquo defeated him and the Norwegians as well. Duncan announces Cawdor's execution and that his title should go to Macbeth. So, Act 1, Scene 3, and we meet the witches once again, as agreed, on the heath, and they tell the disturbing tale of getting revenge on a sailor's wife. This is where the audience see Macbeth and Banquo the first time. The witches greet Macbeth with three titles, Thane of Glams, which he has already, Thane of Cawdor, which he isn't, and King, which he's certainly not. The witches share riddling prophecies with Banquo. Macbeth is declared Thane of Cawdor, shock horror. Greeting number two has come true. Macbeth now starts to silently mull over whether there is a possibility of being king. Banquo is told that his descendants will be kings, but he isn't promised any kingdom himself. The generals want to hear more, but the weird sisters disappear. Back to the king's military camp, where Duncan is informed about the Thane of Cawdor's execution and how brave he was in his death. Macbeth and Banquo arrive. Duncan is grateful to Macbeth and Banquo for their efforts on the battlefield. The king declares his son Malcolm as the heir to the throne. He now has the title of Prince of Cumberland. Macbeth wasn't expecting this and thinks about how it's an obstacle to any chance of him being king. The king decides he'd like to go and visit Macbeth and Lady Macbeth at Macbeth's castle. So, Act 1, Scene 5 takes us to Macbeth's castle in Inverness. Here we meet Lady Macbeth for the first time and she's reading the letter that Macbeth has written telling her about the witches. She decides Macbeth is far too nice to get the crown and she'll make sure that Duncan will die that very night. Duncan arrives at Macbeth's castle in the penultimate scene of Act 1. It's very complimentary of the general feel of the castle. So is Banquo. Ironic. Lady Macbeth greets King Duncan like the perfect hostess. And in the final scene of Act 1, Macbeth is tormented trying to work out what to do about Duncan. He decides against killing Duncan, but Lady Macbeth mocks him, calling him a coward. Macbeth eventually agrees to the murder of Duncan, plotting it to make it look like his servants did it. They will kill Duncan in his sleep. Now, moving on to Act 2. So we're still in Macbeth's castle, but it's night time. Banquo and his son Fleance notice how dark the night sky is as they make their way to bed. This is when Macbeth arrives. Banquo says he's been thinking about the witches. Macbeth pretends he's not thought about them once. Banquo goes to bed, leaving Macbeth alone. Here we see a tormented Macbeth again. 
He's hallucinating and it's the iconic dagger soliloquy. In scene two, Macbeth completes the deadly deed and stabs King Duncan to death. Lady Macbeth was going to do it, but the king reminded her of her own father, so she couldn't. Macbeth is already really unnerved and already regrets what he's done. He's brought the daggers out by mistake and he's not thinking straight. Lady Macbeth tells him that he needs to wash the blood from his hands. She's aggressive towards Macbeth. She takes the daggers from him and takes them back into Duncan's room to make it look like the servants are the murderers. The next day dawns and the hungover castle porter is awakened by Macduff and Lennox. And this is an initial episode of comic relief which is welcomed by the audience. The king had asked Macduff to call on him at a specific time. Lennox talks about the terrible weather overnight which is foreboding for the audience. Macduff discovers the dead king. They initially believe the servants have killed him. In retribution, Macbeth kills the servants, but Macduff questions this impulsive reaction and already seems suspicious. Duncan's sons, Malcolm and Donalbane, don't feel safe. Malcolm, Duncan's son and Prince of Cumberland, decides to go to England. Donalbane decides to go to Ireland. They are blamed for the murder. In an unnamed place in Scotland, Ross and an old man discuss the strange weather the night of Duncan's death. This acts as a commentary for the audience. They also talk of the odd behaviour that has been seen amongst the animals. The natural world is acting seriously weirdly. It's a strange old time. Macduff arrives and reveals that suspicion is clearly on Macbeth's servants, but it's also on Duncan's sons as they have escaped to England and Ireland. Macbeth has already been named king and is on his way to Scoon to be crowned. Macduff is keeping out of it. He's going back to Fife, as he is the Thane of Fife. All of the witch's prophecies have now been fulfilled. We begin Act 3 at Macbeth's royal castle of Forres. Banquo is now increasingly suspicious of Macbeth. Lady Macbeth and Macbeth chat amiably to Banquo. Macbeth comments on how Malcolm and Donalbane have run off to England and Ireland, making them look guilty. Banquo reveals that he's going riding. Macbeth wishes him and his sunflions a speedy return for their big banquet later on that evening. Meanwhile... Macbeth speaks to his two hired assassins and finalises arrangements for them to kill Banquo, unbeknownst to Lady Macbeth. The tide is most definitely turning. As we move into scene two of Act Three, Lady Macbeth is uneasy. She notices that Macbeth is quiet and isolating himself. Macbeth is very troubled and is rambling, talking about finishing things that he won't tell Lady Macbeth what he means. He keeps her in the dark about his plans for Banquo. At this point, there is still some affection between Macbeth and his wife. Lady Macbeth tries to calm Macbeth down and settle him ready for the big feast. In the grounds outside Macbeth's royal castle at Forres, Banquo is murdered by Macbeth's assassins. However, Fleance escapes. We open Act 3, Scene 4 in the banqueting hall in Macbeth's royal castle at Forres. Macbeth invites everyone to take their seats. One of the murderers secretly explains to Macbeth that Banquo is dead, but that Fleance escaped, which unnerves Macbeth. The ghost of Banquo sits at the table and it seems like there are no places left. 
Macbeth sees Banquo's ghost and has a very public wobble. Meanwhile, his wife tries to smooth things over. Macbeth breaks down again and the feast comes to an abrupt end. He decides to visit the witches the next day. So in the next scene, in a deserted place, we meet the three witches once again, but this time they're with their queen, Hecate. Again, through Shakespeare's clever use of a pathetic fallacy, it is very stormy. Hecate is angry with the other witches for not involving her in the manipulation of Macbeth. She decides that they will meet Macbeth in the next day to show him his destiny. So in the next scene, Lennox updates, Lennox updates the audience with an overview of events so far. He seems sympathetic at first to Macbeth, but then shows his deep fears and suspicions. He tells us how Macduff is out of favour as he didn't attend the feast. A lord who Lennox is speaking to reveals that Macduff is in England, supporting Malcolm and the King of England to raise an army against Macbeth. The lord believes that Macbeth has stolen the crown of Scotland and that it should be Malcolm's. Macduff has refused to show loyalty to Macbeth, and so Macbeth is preparing for war. Lennox ends by being supportive to Macduff and calls Macbeth a tyrant. Moving on to the penultimate act, and Act 4 opens with our three witches once again, the famous cauldron scene. Macbeth demands to know his future. The witches show him three apparitions, each with a prophecy. Number one, a head that looks like a warrior, declares, beware Macduff. Number two, a bloody child states, none of woman born shall harm Macbeth. And third, a child wearing a crown and holding a tree announces, Macbeth shall never be vanquished, uh, be until Great Burnham Wood to hide on Sinane Hill shall come against him. Macbeth asks if Banquo's children will ever be king. The witches show Macbeth an image of a procession of kings holding mirrors as if they are looking to the future. They are all Banquo's descendants and are all kings. Banquo is also there, bloodied and horrible. After this, Lennox tells Macbeth that Macduff has fled to England. Macbeth decides to take the opportunity to kill all members of Macduff's family as the castle won't be protect protected. In Act 4, Scene 2, this takes place in Macduff's castle in Fife. Ross tells Lady Macduff that Macduff has left for England. She's angry. Uh, she feels that she's been abandoned by Macduff. Ross explains that these are difficult times and we should trust Macduff's motives and then leaves. Lady Macduff tries to explain what's happening to her son. Meanwhile, a man comes to warn Lady Macduff to leave. And then, in one of the most heartbreaking scenes in all of Shakespeare's plays, assassins break into the castle and Lady Macduff is killed along with her son. The final scene of Act 4 occurs in the castle of King Edward the Confessor in England. Malcolm and Macduff talk about loyalties and honour. They are suspicious of each other. King Edward has offered Malcolm thousands of men to fight Macbeth. Malcolm is incandescent with anger. He is wordy and gushing about Macbeth's murderous ways. Malcolm realises that Macduff is loyal and can be trusted. We have a brief reference to King Edward and his healing powers. Then Ross arrives and breaks the news that Macduff's family and servants have all been slaughtered. And at this point, Macduff vows to kill Macbeth. <laughs> Our final act begins in Lady Macbeth's room in Dunsinane Castle. Here we find her sleepwalking because of her guilt. She's observed by a doctor and a lady-in-waiting. 
In the next scene, in the countryside near Dunsinane, the Scottish nobles gather as an army and update us that Malcolm, with English soldiers, is close by. Macduff will bring his soldiers to Burnham Wood. We are reminded that Macbeth has now moved to Dunsinane Castle and is fortifying it in what seems like a frenzied rage. Inside Dunsinane Castle, Macbeth gets word that an army of 10,000 men is gathering outside. He decides to put his armour on, ready to fight like a warrior again. Macbeth asks the doctor how Lady Macbeth is. She is still very unsettled. He begs the doctor to cure her. Macbeth still feels confident because of the Burnham Wood prediction. It seems impossible to defeat him. In Act 5, Scene 4, in Burnham Wood, a few miles from Dunsinane Castle, Malcolm and Macduff's soldiers chop down branches of camouflage in Burnham Wood. They advance towards Dunsinane Castle. Scene 5, back in Dunsinane Castle, Macbeth demands his colours are draped outside the castle to declare who he is. Satan announces the death of Lady Macbeth, though we don't know how she dies yet. Macbeth wants to mourn her death, but there isn't time. A messenger declares that Burnham Wood does really seem to be moving. Macbeth, after brutally threatening the messenger, asserts he will fight like a proper soldier. In scene six, Malcolm, Macduff and their men have arrived at Dunsinane Castle. They throw down their camouflage branches as they prepare to storm the castle. Malcolm's uncle and cousin, both called Seaward, are instructed to enter the castle first. Scene seven, Macbeth realises he's in some trouble but he easily kills young Seward and so still thinks he's untouchable. Macduff enters but doesn't come across Macbeth yet. He declares his desire to avenge the murder of his family. However, the castle is not protected. Macbeth's men have all deserted him. In scene eight, Macbeth contemplates suicide for a fleeting moment. He is then confronted by Macduff who reveals that he is not from woman born. Macbeth confesses his fear at seeing him and says he won't fight him. He's got enough of his family's blood in his, on his hands already. Macduff reminds Macbeth he'll be executed and displayed for all to see as a traitor. Macbeth fights Macduff and is killed by Macduff. In the final scene of the play, in Malcolm's Scottish headquarters, he tells the audience that Macduff and young Seward are missing. Ross confirms Seward's death to his father. Macduff arrives with Macbeth's head and declares Malcolm the rightful king. Malcolm gives thanks to his nobles and gives them all the position of earls. He tells us that people believe Lady Macbeth committed suicide. Malcolm finally invites everyone to his coronation at Schoon. And that concludes our summary of Macbeth. Macbeth.